It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on? Bar Down Breakdown, episode 192, and tonight we are joined by our homie Alan from Arms Length, Ontario, pop punk, emo, Midwestern emo, whatever you want to call it, they're freaking awesome. Arms Length, definitely check them out if you have not. Alan, what's going on, brother? What's up, guys? Excited to be here. Arms Length band, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, so... You know, we kind of talked about how we have friends in Bowmanville, Ontario, and oh. I, I just saw he put up a video because some of our other friends are touring with them in, in Ontario in March, and he's like, yeah, the snow's coming down hard right now. I don't know. <laughs> it might be still coming down hard in March. So yeah. it, it's a snowy, snowy night for you today? Yeah, it's storming right now. So if Ooh, no. it shuts off, you'll know what happened. Yeah, it's, I wish I could take you outside with me on like a GoPro. It's it's actually gnarly out there right now. Who who's from Bowmanville that you know? That's like thirty minutes from me, probably. Okay, so it's our good friends in the crease rule. So okay, I'm not. I don't know them. Yeah, they actually uh, came down. We had a a bar down break tour last year, and they came down and played it. And then we had a a little festival down in Orlando that they also played. So good homies of ours. Funny, funny story about them too. They were on the news in Bowmanville because they wrote a they wrote a song about how a three way stop just messed everything up in the small little town of Bowmanville. And uh, if if you it just the personality of these guys, I spent like a week on the road with them, and they're just they're just lovable oafs. I absolutely love every single one of them. But uh, they asked one of them, they're like, what is your political stance? And he's just like, I just want to fucking play punk rock. <laughs> yeah, brother. No, that's sick. There's a zoo in Bowmanville and like it got shut down the other year because someone was caught like abusing the animals, like insane shit, like zapping them. Like That's insane. Car- cartoon villain. <laughs> yeah, Dick Dastardly cool. or Cruel yeah. Deville, but uh, yeah, your your friends in the zoo—that's those are the only things that are notable about Bowmanville. Well, and Josh Bailey, 
elite winger for the so, New York Islanders. Yeah, well, he's a he's a Bowmanville, Ontario gay. Elite winger, yeah. Elite <laughs> winger. <laughs> 70 point season, I think. It's good. Us Islander fans have a love-hate relationship with Josh Bailey. And for the longest time, it was hate. And then the past couple of years, it was love. And now I think it's back to the hate wagon, unfortunately, for Josh Bailey. But like you can say that about John Tavares. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You're good. John John Tavares. Yeah, that's that's a crazy that's a crazy subject to get into for Islanders fans. I was going to say, like, your whole core, I feel like your fan base should have a love-hate relationship with. Like, who's isn't your leading scorer right now? Um, Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson. Yeah, like, that's a perfect example. Like, like he's always been solid. Same with Bailey, but, like, it's not super consistent, I would say. Well, that that's what really is the problem with Brock Nelson. They usually call it Brocktober because he's, wow. like, really, really hot in October. Yeah. And then fizzles out off. after October. <laughs> and like sometimes like it will go into November. So it's like Brovember. And then like and then it, it's it's never December or January. Like I, I don't even know what they would call that. Brybernation. <laughs> what do you think? Cool, man. Well, Alan, super pumped to have you on, especially with the crazy news of you guys heading over to Europe. It was just announced. I believe yesterday or two days ago. I woke. I had to wake up at 5 a.m. because of like European time. And I tried to schedule the posts, but it wouldn't work. And I don't know how to schedule posts on Twitter. Um, so that was my bad. But yeah, I had to set my alarm for 4.45 and send away the uh, the things. But yeah, super exciting. For and big- uh, that's the, you know, big tour with Hot Mulligan. And I'm guessing this is your first time over in Europe. Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've only been touring in general for like just over a year. So honestly, the fact that we can do a tour like this so early feels really good. Um, definitely like everything that is happening with the band as of like now, I would say is like bonus because like blew my initial expectations out of the water. But like Europe was one of those things that I had in my mind where it's like if my band could ever play Europe, like fuck yeah, like that's I can go down happy. So, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'm super pumped for you guys because I would say two months ago, I put up like a criminally underrated pop punk post on TikTok and mm-hmm. like put some of like, you know, Overthinker, Last Disaster, some of these smaller bands that are homies of ours and have been on our show. And someone replied, like, check out Arm's Length. And this is only about two months ago. And checked you guys out and i was like do this band rips i wouldn't call them <laughs> underrated <laughs> and at the time you guys i think had like thirty-five thousand monthly streams and i just checked again and it's like 90 i'm Triple like that yeah i'm like that's yeah. unbelievable i honestly don't know how that happened because like yeah we released the record and then spotify is weird like that though like we released the record monthly listeners jumped out they're like 80 Mm-hmm. The highest they've ever been for us we were like fuck yeah and then you know we can't keep up the constant like posting content and posting and man and like i don't know but then they naturally went down as it does but now even like before the announcement it was up to like 95 again so yeah spotify's weird but yeah it feels fucking great so yeah yeah like but beautiful thing about tiktok right that that brought arm's length into my life and been spinning the record ever since and 
I guess that's a, a perfect time to talk about never before, never before seen, never again found. Mouthful, yeah. It's a mouthful. It's yeah. going to be nothing compared to that Raycon ad read I'm going to have to do later, <laughs> but <laughs> still a mouthful. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm like the music listener mm-hmm. and I couldn't even tell you like some of my favorite songs, like what the title is or like even the name of the album. I just like put it on and I like listen front to back and don't even like necessarily listen, like look at my phone to see titles or anything like that. But um, I'm, I'm just curious about kind of the whole process of recording the album and then releasing it with wax bodega. Um, I guess right off the bat, I know that there are some predominant, you know, studios and producers in the Toronto area. Is that where you guys went and recorded? Yeah, there are like a handful of, but unfortunately I know a lot of them have left or at least like two of the main ones have left. Exactly. Yeah. Anton and Sam are now in LA. Um, but yeah, so we went to Anton, Anton did our last EP, everything nice, um, did a great job and everyone said they liked the sound and, um, we were still kind of unsigned going into our next, well, I guess wax approached us, but we just went back to Anton cause it worked like, mm-hmm. um, and he's great obviously. And he's local ish for us, like a couple hours away. I'm in Toronto there. So yeah, we, we stayed in this small, it was honestly fucking horrendous. <laughs> the price was right though we stayed in this small airbnb uh two grand a month like a literally like a bachelor like four people though with one bathroom nice fucking gnarly so um two beds though that was okay so yeah we stayed in there <laughs> for an entire month and did the record um with anton and i love the studio i love it like i said it was rough ne- in a negative way what was rough about it was like that situation and like um door dashing all the time and spending that much money but the studio is like my favorite part about music and like i have really good chemistry with anton and he's fucking awesome and we can joke around and it's it's really cool but yeah i guess um recording process was we were in toronto for a month um we kind of had the songs all written like i like to be really prepared um so anton helped a little bit with like some structure but I had like 98% of the lyrics done on the record, almost all of the melodies. Um, most of the guitar work, like most of the guitar leads I already had. Um, I, I would like, I like write the songs on my acoustic guitar, kind of write a lot of the parts. And then I go over and jam them with Jeremy and Jeff at their house, kind of. So it's really organic how it comes together. Um, so sorry, I'm kind of talking all scatterbrained here, but I'm trying to <laughs> this process and it's not linear at all. But anyways, did all that. Uh, we did drums at Noble Street Studios. So we did the rest of the record with Anton, but we did drums at Noble Street, which like fucking Kanye. No, nope. Uh, Travis Scott has done uh, like parts of Astral World that and The Weeknd has recorded that like crazy shit. Um, so we did drums at a really fancy studio. Um and yeah, it was all paid for by Wax Bodega, which is nice. fucking awesome. That's the best. I mean, yeah, this is our first piece <laughs> that's been paid for. So hell yeah. But honestly, <laughs> an unforgettable experience. And personally with me, like I remember coming out of high school, like my dad was like, because I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. And I like I, I got accepted to universities and I did end up graduating college, but um I was really like lost there for a year as most 18 year olds are. 
Um, and he, he just asked me like, what is it that you want to do? And I remember like being so puzzled, but then I really thought about it and it was literally just like making one good album in my like entire life. That was like the most clear thing I could have thought of then. And I mean, I don't really like, I'm not like chillaxing here. Like, Oh, I fucking did it. Whoa. But, We're like, done guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels, it feels good that I did it. You know what I mean? We did it, but like, that was a personal, like accolade i guess or something that i really wanted to do mm -hmm. so um i'm happy it turned out well and that people fuck with it because if they didn't i would be very much an angrier person <laughs> <laughs> and i i think like you know since the album came out end of october i i truthfully think that it would have been on a bunch of people's like album of the year lists if it was kind of like maybe earlier in 2022 rather than later later in 2022 and i'll probably just end up cheating and saying that it's going to be my album of the year for 2023 i i did that for this year like yeah. i discovered super american at like the end of 2022 okay it's just like i know this album technically came out last year but I don't care. I just found it. <laughs> I just yeah. found it. So it's my album of the year for this year. That band rocks. Yeah. We've, we've done a bunch of stuff with them. Um, and we'll continue to do stuff with them because they're great. And, uh, yeah, that album is, is fucking amazing. Yeah. And How big is your brain is like a perfect song. Oh, it's, it's yeah. great. like the whole album's great. Truthfully. Yeah. And like any way that you can somehow mix in talking about how you can't hockey stop. Well, yeah and like still be a good song like it's not like an easy lyric to just like mix in i guess no they write songs that are like some people might think are like you know a bit a bit goofy or like t not tacky i would say but like you know it, it's like purposely corny but that shit is so hard to write like they have songs about mm -hmm. hot dogs and sandwich oh, yeah. salads <laughs> it's like they just fucking do it well man i don't know and uh yeah they love hockey they fucking love hockey, so I don't know if you've had them on here, but that's yeah, we, we slid into their DMs. We've been talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they we'd be running merch, and at their merch table, they would have a laptop of a pirated Sabers game. So nice, yeah. So pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but what was I gonna say? Yeah, about the album of the year thing. So yeah, it came out. It missed the like Spotify Wrapped uh time period so it wasn't it actually it was on a lot of people's rap still like some of our songs like object permanence came out in september so that was chill in loving memory too but even some of our other songs are like the crazy listeners had them on their rap right because i guess they would just like stream it a shit song when it the night it dropped or whatever so that's really cool um we ended up like i don't know if you guys are reddit guys you guys don't seem like it which is a good thing um <laughs> i am not that big of a reddit guy but I didn't think Reddit liked us because our emo world is all about like the twinkle emo bullshit. Yeah, they they um, all love like midwestern sparkly. They're, they're just like it's like it's either DC nineteen eighties DC emo or yeah. it's Midwest emo and there's nothing else. Yeah, the, the DIY or die type of motherfucker. Yeah, and like yeah, like cool. I like a lot of those bands, I guess, but I, don't, I just didn't think that community really liked us. But we won by a a remarkable feat honestly um like their album of the year thing so i don't know if that contributed to like any popularity thing but yeah it's it's been cool that we were on anyone's album of the year because there were there was a lot of good music last year so i feel like if you can win 
and I, I no one listens to this podcast that's on the subreddit emo subreddit so I'm, <laughs> i know this because i got i got the shit ripped out of me when i did the mom jeans post yeah but um <laughs> um if you can get on if you can win over the gatekeepers that are the subreddit emo yeah you've you've done it like that's the big thing and they'll they'll talk about you as much as the pop punkers subreddit talks about neck deep yeah <laughs> and dude like even the admins of our email like i knew that our album was like okay and like good yeah even the admins who i can't imagine are fucking you know they're probably not super accepting of like an emo sound that's maybe like polished like ours maybe <laughs> uh, like, i know we have like aggressive parts but a bit more polished like even they were like ignoring the fact that this album would have been considered strictly a pop punk record in 2013 <laughs> <laughs> the record is good and i'm like fuck yeah because i can agree to that we have like pop punk elements for sure so whatever man fuck yeah fucking nerds <laughs> Actual, actually, <laughs> I was a nerd because I was refreshing the shit. I wanted to see if we won the album of the year, and we did. So, but I think it's I think it's like different when 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 you're the artist, and instead, um, not some sad dude behind a keyboard just typing their way weird opinions about very obscure bands. Sometimes. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, like I well now like now that we're a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. like I read some insane shit about us, like. There was a thread on on one of the Reddit things, and it, it literally was just talking about how I'm like not that good of a singer, and I'm like, <laughs> I agree. First off, I agree, but I it's like you want that stuff to hear because like, am I? Is this like should, was I supposed to read this? Like, I feel like fucking shit. Like that, <laughs> it, like ruined my day for a little. I'm like, I'm overthinking this for sure. But you just gotta realize that everyone's gonna have opinions about something. So it's whatever. funny. That's why celebrities don't read comments about them yeah exactly or yeah they don't have social media like i said it's it's definitely a thing but we're not celebs so i feel like i should be able to browse fucking reddit (laughs) Reddit every once in a while dude it's it sucks but here we are dude i want reddit to start bashing us i would love to read some hate comments about bar down look you know you've made it when you got when you have reddit hate threads about yeah i guess we haven't made it yet because no one hates (laughs) on us we need haters you got you guys should post your podcast in the REMO Discord. Oh, they hate us. They hate me R-R-R-R-Mo, specifically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pop punkers love love us. Okay. Like, oh my god, hockey and pop punk. Yeah, absolutely. They, they love they're just like, we don't play sports. Okay, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was there's definitely a big crossover with this genre of music in hockey in hockey. I would see that. Yeah. Hardcore, pop punk, etc. Oh, oh, hardcore big time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Comeback kid, straight from the path, Rangers fans. Yeah. Yep. That's why we have been able to do 192 episodes and not <laughs> slowing down anytime soon. Hockey, baby. I love it. So before we do really dive into a little more hockey, I- I'm just curious, like, you know, you-, you mentioned how you grew up in Ontario, kind of rural area slash like by the by some military bases. Like what got you into alternative music and emo music i'm sure it's not very you know predominant out that way hell no yeah so uh i grew up in until i was like 13 i grew up in a small sorry a a bigger city barry ontario barry colts you guys might know um uh yeah so i lived there until i was like 13 and then trenton being a military town 
my mom married a guy in the military. Um, so we moved out here. Um, and I, yeah, just, so I was already into music and like was in guitar lessons and loved, what did I love at that time? Like, I really liked the day to remember and shit. Like I was starting my, like, like I grew up on like some 41, but I started yeah. to get into like more heavy music by that time. Uh, so I moved here. Yeah. When I was like grade seven. Um, and then Jeremy and Jeff, they're also a military family. Um, so they were, I think, fuck, I think they were born in, man, I think they were born in Newfoundland. I think so. Oh, newfies. Right. Yeah. They're newfies. Um, but yeah, that's what brought them here as well. And, uh, yeah, I literally didn't have any music friends really at all until high school. And then we started, we had like some mutual friends, but we didn't really know we were into like music. And then I met Jeremy at a Halloween party and he had like the emo swoop hair. And I fucking knew I was like, <laughs> I was like this guy likes like something like we could talk about something for sure. And yeah, he was really into at that time, like the post hardcore bands of that time. So not really the scene shit, which is almost cooler. Like he was into like dance, Gavin dance, like uh, I, the mighty, um, what else? Like hail the sun bands like oh him and jeff like their their childhood favorite band was like coheed and cambria oh yeah there you okay. go i don't fucking like coheed and cambria <laughs> but they do and that's okay but anyway so we started talking about that and we had some like things that like overlap like we both like silverstein because they're a canadian band obviously mm -hmm. so, talked about something like that jeremy i knew he played guitar uh jeff was like legitimately a baby when we met like 12 or 13 but i remember going over there to jam and it was the chemistry was pretty instant and like um we would just try to jam songs and it was just like kind of goofy or whatever but then i remember showing them original things i had made like even like riffs or whatever and they were some of the biggest like encouragers of it like i remember them thinking my riffs were dope so uh yeah we were kind of off and on from ages like 15 onward watching jeff literally become a normal person like baby to normal person. <laughs> and uh yeah uh off and on and then when i when i turned 18 out of high school i began to write like full songs and um jeremy had some things brewing as well uh put them together and started jamming a bit more and decided we wanted to be a band tossed around some band names um arms like was by far the fucking coolest we were going to be called morning person which is like cute but no that should, it does not have the same ring at all no um but yeah arms like to the moon baby we just put out an ep watercolor off that ep did well i fucking was a punisher when that album came out i slid into everyone's dms in ontario that was like notable in the music world and i shared it on like every emo facebook group Pro i probably did it on reddit emo too like yeah and then the rest is history we just stayed together and uh yeah so kind of a high school band that, you know, like, yeah, it didn't necessarily get branded until you were technically out of high school, but like the pieces were there and kind of forming while you were in high school. Totally. This is the only band we've ever been in. That's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We played, we played six shows in Canada before we got signed technically, which is fucked. Um, and honestly is like imposter syndrome because like i'm not over here bragging about it i honestly feel like we could have used the cutting teeth more but yeah. we put out a good ep during COVID, so we couldn't play more shows right so one of those things 
I think that was the beauty of the of the pandemic. Um, necessary, not necessarily. You know, it, it it definitely kind of revitalized the the industry where you know we 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 didn't play shows for almost a year and a half, close to two years, depending on where you live. Like especially in Canada, you guys had way stricter lockdown measures than we did in the states. But um, even then, like I I feel like with the emergence of everybody staying at home and TikTok blowing up. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't even know what TikTok was. And it was around in like, what, 2017, 2018. I got no yeah. idea what it was. And then all of a sudden, you know, pandemic hits, everyone's stuck at home doing these weird dances to like the weekend and everything else. Yeah. And yeah. then bands started being like, oh, wait, we could use this. And then people just started, people being on the computer all the time, they're just finding all these new bands posting everywhere. And I think it was kind of like a hodgepodge of, of, beauty for a lot of bands that were able to kind of glow in that era where instead of like, you know, like you said, cutting your teeth and, and, you know, playing shows, you still cut your teeth, but you did it in more of an online standard, like an online standpoint where you were still doing the grind. You were still going on the Facebook group, still posting everything, but you were able to hit a bigger audience than say, if you were playing like to, you know, 50, 75 kids in Toronto. Totally. If that at that time too, like we did one Toronto show before all that, and it was like, actually, it wasn't that bad. It was like 60, 50. Yeah. I booked it myself. But anyways, yeah, you're totally right. TikTok did help us uh, back then. Like we're we're fucking honestly, we're we're lucky just how we are as people. Like we are lucky that we're now at the point where we don't have to use that shit every day anymore because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our songs Watercolor and Garamond they blew up in the fucking algorithm emo algorithm world and by that i mean they got like i think like sixty thousand plays respectively on tiktok which was a lot Mm -hmm. and at that time our streams went fucking way up um so yeah we just shared around like the music video we didn't even we didn't yet we didn't have to be like that cringe about it either we just shared the music video and uh yeah people latched onto it and um it helped a lot like i think that's how our booking agent peanut who's one of the biggest, like the most prominent one in this scene. Mind you, there's only like five, but he's great. Um, yeah, that's how he found us. And I think how maybe our label like Wax found us. And yeah, I it's 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 like luck, but we also did have the music and it just provides a bigger platform at a time where we couldn't play music. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would kind of argue though, like, having a social media presence and like posting like you said like daily i feel like that's more of a grind than if you just got in a van and played a few shows <laughs> like you're it, right. it is exhausting at yeah. times it, it really is how like depends on what you like attention like i don't mind being that guy sometimes but dude fuck if you if i if you had if i had to be that guy that was still like trying to be like some guy i'm not like on a camera like these are 10 emo bands like like <laughs> me as a band trying to get my i don't know just like doing it's cool to be funny and like having a personality but like i don't know you know what i'm trying to say no like, i know yeah. exactly what you're hard, trying yeah. to say yeah it's hard to be a content creator and a music creator at the same time but you kind of have to be but we kind of don't have to be right yeah now. and i think like the term like content creator is is kind of it's, it's a it's a it's a wide term that can be used because 
as a musician, you are creating content. It's just not the type of content that you would think people on Twitter or like TikTok are doing. Like it's at the end of the day, like you're all making art. It's still content. It's just a different kind of like, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It's just a different medium of, of content that's being put out. And I think putting out, you know, clips of your music video or even clips of like you playing live. I appreciate bands that do that more than, you know, here, I'm going to open up a bathroom door and here's my whole band playing in a bathroom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like I I appreciate kind of like that, that live sentiment and even like live streams. Like I would rather watch a band do a live stream than, than kind of, you know, these like random occurrences of like, where's my band playing this time? We're playing on a golf course. Uh, So I would rather at any time on TikTok than than kind of just see like overdubbed um stuff that's not really not something that I'll see in a normal circumstance. Totally. And like we live in like I don't know, we're we're a part of like we understand what is real and what is forced to. Like mm-hmm. people do appreciate uh sporadic, like good, thoughtful, uh significant content rather than just like, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this silly guy in this silly band. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's cool. But I don't know, not like not every, I feel like not every day almost gives you like an advantage, but uh, we could definitely improve in the content creation world. I haven't made a TikTok since the album came out basically. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I just hope that this podcast gets to that point where one day where I don't even have to <laughs> promote the episodes anymore. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. We just throw up clips from the episode. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That'd be great. But uh, I, I kind of want to talk about, about how, like, you mentioned how you played a few shows and then the COVID lockdown happened. Yeah. What was it like once the COVID lockdown and restrictions went away? Because, like, your band grew so much in that time. Like, were, were the shows completely different after COVID? Like, everyone was, like, just super excited to get out and see you guys? Like, literally the most different of all time let (laughs) let me tell you why because we went from playing local ontario shows in super small venues and then our first show back was at lpr in new york with fucking nothing nowhere um meet me at the altar that was our first show so our seventh ever show first time in the states was that show and it was the october after all the shit was lifted um and like charlie xex had played that venue like five days before we were there so like fucked like <laughs> nothing we could have ever imagined and jeff's like our, our drummer is a couple years younger than us he's his favorite artist of all time is nothing nowhere so like nice. being and i love him but like jeremy and i love him too and ben our bassist is, is a big fan so that being our show back it was it was crazy so legitimately the shows went from cute fun like let's see what can happen to like shit like we're kind of in the we're kind of doing it now so gotta get um, our visas in order yeah literally yeah we had to do our visas uh before then and everything like that so yeah uh still that we're not there yet like we're still we still have a long way to go we still want to like improve how we sound live and like blah 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 and get better gear and like Mm -hmm. cooler shit and you know pyro live (laughs) fire no i'm just joking (laughs) I think it's progress. It's like a funny coincidence too. Um, I don't even think Mikey knows this, but uh, 
my band's last hometown show before lockdown was with meet me at the altar oh sick and it was they i think we were, we played with with bloom which is tori tori from transit's side project sick. um and meet me at the altar opened that show yeah talk about a band that blew up over covid oh my god like seeing the growth of you know of that band was so cool to see in the orlando scene just yeah. like it was just like it was just astronomical it's a and then like what last week they were playing on colbert yeah they're, they're getting seriously wow yeah everything man they're on when we were young fest they're doing a headline tour and some of the dates are selling out like mm -hmm. hello like that's fucking crazy <laughs> i just thought it was like a really cool coincidence that like our last hometown show before covid was with them and your first show back from covid was with them that's just a really yeah. cool coincidence yeah it was it was crazy and dude like they had like five front of house people controlling their shit on ipads like are you fucking kidding me like that's crazy so just think about the last time you played with them and then imagine yeah. setting an lpr with a big barricade like <laughs> completely different yeah it was, it was nuts Love that. Now we need out of time to just blow up like that too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, before we dive into some hockey talk, I, I guess you guys got like five minutes because I've got a bunch of reading to do. So if you need to stretch your legs, I got some work to do. So <laughs> four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only one few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And this time of year, everybody's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make big deal purchases. You Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium audio and a premium audio company at a perfect price, so you can build great habits without break of the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair, and a spare. And still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now and pay later options, Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN 
to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. <laughs> they are waterproof. No, they're water resistant, not waterproof. So don't wear them in the shower. Fun fact from the website. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but what's even better is the NHL. And right now we're heading into the all-star break. And um, just curious because, you know, I, I know you mentioned it before we started recording that you're an Avs fan. Why the hell are you an Avs fan? <laughs> Dude, I wish I had like a fucking cool answer. So <laughs> when I first got into hockey, it was the Penguins, right? And why did I like the Penguins? Sidney Crosby. They were yep. a goaded team. They were great. Um, and then I like started to get, you know, I was hitting puberty and I started to get like hormonal and I wanted to establish like a sense of individuality. And I really just have always sort of liked the Avalanche because I loved their jerseys like a lot. Because at the time too, like, well, in the glory days, like 2001-ish. So I was a baby, but those jerseys are fucking some of the nicest ever we've seen, I feel. Uh, so I honestly really liked their jerseys. <laughs> I liked... I like Matt Duchesne a lot at that time. He was definitely my favorite player. And uh, they were in, I latched onto them. They became my number one team. And what better time? They were fucking the worst team in the league by far for like <laughs> five seasons after that. They had the one crazy year with Varlamov backing them up. Islander shout out there. Um, but yeah, that's how I that's how I got into them. So like it just seems like, yeah, you're in Ontario, a little outside of Toronto. It just would, like, make sense for you to be a Leafs fan? Or is, like, the Leafs kind of, like, a family team and then the Avalanche is, like, Team B? Or, like, it's just Avalanche and only Avalanche? You can. I like the Leafs. I, like the okay. Leafs. I also like the Sens. Yeah. Uh, my dad likes the Leafs. That's his favorite team. Just, it's, it's, it's like, massive masochistic yeah at this point like fucking he's been he, t he texts me like when they lose every year in the playoffs he texts me like sad faces and like i feel for him man i watch those games too and it's fucking just it's so sad it's so sad but i like the leafs they're a good team obviously and like the Sens. so yeah it's they're definitely a family team and the abs are just kind of my thing because i yeah. want to be cool but also just like yeah i just latched onto them for some reason and it hasn't gone away so Hey, but for some some hope for your dad, the the Washington Capitals had the same issue that Toronto had or has now years yeah. ago, and they ended up winning a cup. So yeah, you never know. Like first getting knocked out of the first round, like six seven years in a row, is is like disheartening. And I think even the Capitals did like morning yoga at the Verizon Center for its fans to like de stress before every game. But uh, you never know. Like sometimes you just sometimes you just get into this lull, and all it takes is this one good push to to get to the cup. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I still think they can do it every year. It's just <laughs> they they got to do it. Honestly, I don't think they should have signed John Tavares way back. I think that was a mistake. Um, I do. Like I know he's good, but like it just fucked with their like leadership perspective i think i know i'm not inside the locker room but that's my hot take of this podcast is that they should have never signed him because they were definitely fine without him but then we would have never gotten his uh his cereal 
so true. <laughs> I, I had no idea that even existed until Doug from Barron's filled the same that he has his own cereal in Canada, which is just wild. Standard. Like, why him? He's like the third most like public facing person on that team. Nuts. And and that's the thing. Like, he was able to kind of fly under the radar as the Islanders captain. Like, yeah. you know, when when you play for the New York Islanders, you're going against the New York Rangers, the New York Knicks, the New York Jets. Like, you're bottom of the barrel for what the sports writers are covering in that market. Mm. So, like, the Mets were covered more than Islanders. Oh, a hundred, a thousand percent. Like, <laughs> truthfully. So, like, John Tavares, when he didn't perform, and like, yes, everyone in the hockey world likes to say that the Islanders didn't put talent around him, like, he didn't perform. And there are just multiple times where he was like given the chance to like put the team on his back and he 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 didn't necessarily like put him over the hump. Like yeah, they won that one playoff series with him. Like it, it just was never enough. Yeah. And I, I just I, I I think like there's one thing to to lead by an exa- lead by example. Like everyone just in the hockey world likes to talk about his work ethic and how he just like understands the game of hockey. Yet when I think of a captain, I don't think of necessarily like the best player. I think of someone that like when shit's tough and like going wrong, like you can pull your team up and like, you're the one going out there leading by example, like someone takes a cheap shot at one of your players, like you're dropping the gloves. So you're going to take it, you know, block a shot and maybe take one off the cheek but like that's that's what I think of as as a captain, not necessarily like oh this guy works hard and like has good hockey IQ. Yeah, totally. Like yeah, working hard is like part of that. But yeah, I feel like a captain should want to be part of the solution. Look at not to like rub it in your face, Gabe Landeskog. Like legitimately was part of one of the worst teams in modern NHL history with the Abs like what fifty point year or whatever. It's fucking yep. insane. And they were going to trade him. And he said, no. Well, I, don't, I wasn't there. I don't know if he said this. Like, for <laughs> him, but he was like, no, don't trade me. I want to be part of the solution. And, you know, him and a handful of guys on that team stayed. And five years it took them, the abs, to turn it around. And Tavares wanted no part in that. Okay, but uh, you're also, you mentioned that. I'm thinking about the playoff series they won. Did they ever surround him with good players? Because I'm legit, I'm, I'm, I'm recalling a line that was Blake Como, John Tavares, and P.A. Parento from, like, 2014. And I'm thinking, who was good on this team? Barzell, obviously, was great. Like, so, all, yeah, yeah. The, like, truthfully, the, the pieces were starting to fall into place where, like, he was at his peak, and then there was young guys who were starting to develop. Like, Barzell won the Calder yeah. Tavares' last year. And, so and like, had his best season, one of his best seasons was his rookie season. Yeah. Yeah. So like the pieces were there. Anthony Bovillier was young and like also on a rise. Like, th- yeah. and then there were some veterans there, were, you know, obviously is Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, yeah. like Solid. some of those guys had good years with Tavares and some like to say that it was because of Tavares, but like it, it, it goes hand in hand. Like yeah. I, I feel like they also maybe brought his game up a little bit. Cause he's not like, just destroying the league with Toronto. So 
I, I don't know. I, they also, you know, had Kyle Poso at one point. So like, yeah, he used to be great. Yeah. He used to be great. So that there were definitely pieces. I wouldn't say like there were the big time names. Like, and, and you know, it wasn't Crosby and Malkin. Like, it wasn't a one-two, but there there were definitely some pieces that were surrounding him. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. Yeah. I do but. think it's crazy looking back at that 2009 draft and thinking of like who else got drafted. You know, JT was obviously like the 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 first round pick, but you also had like Victor Hedman. You had what Matt Matt Duquesne or Duquesne. Yeah. You yeah. had Vander Kane. Um, Svensson was part of it. Uh, you just had a lot of good players that kind of came out from that draft, and it's just funny to see like where where they were back then and kind of where they are now too. Was Tavares the first player from that draft? He must have. Oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah, first so pick. I, no, I actually yeah. I went to that draft party because I was home from college. Like, what else did I have to do? So, and I was fifth. I, I I was like fifteen minutes away from the Coliseum, so I was like, yeah, I'll go to this draft party and like tailgate and like get drunk to go watch someone's name get called. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there, and it was a beautiful day. It's like because the draft is over the summer, and then right as we're about to walk in to like see who the Islanders pick the darkest, heaviest rain cloud came out of nowhere and was just like above the Coliseum. And I was just like, Oh my God, they're going to draft Hedman. They're going to draft Hedman. Like this is definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really concerned that Islander fans would have just burned down the Coliseum because there was probably 15,000 or between 12 and 15,000 Islander fans to watch that draft. Yeah. Cause it was a big one, like a first overall pick. Hmm. And if they would have picked like Duchesne or Hedman, I really think Islander fans being like the, the slime slime balls that some of us can be like ripping chairs out, starting fires and just like burning the Coliseum down. Cause it was just like that energy. It was so weird. I couldn't even describe it. So like when they finally did call his name, it was just like a sigh of relief. The whole Coliseum was just like, finally, they didn't screw this up. Looking back, though, they got Hedman and then, you know, ended up getting Barzil years later. Like if that panned out how it is in my head right now, like probably would be better off. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we got literally nothing for Devar's leaving. Like nothing. Like when so, he left, we got shafted. He, he just fucked you guys for sure. Yeah. Varlamov has been good for you guys since he came over. I'm a big Varley fan, so always good to see. I also love uh, John Gabriel Peugeot. I think he's awesome. He's a good player. Yeah, I just saw his name like on some trade block, and I'm hoping that that's not true. But why would you go out and get Bohorat and then trade away? One of your most clutch players. I just don't understand that. Because they're saying like Tarasenko might be on the table. Oh, Oh. that's why. (laughs) That's a good piece to pick up. If they're going for it, I mean, yeah, get get the goal scoring in check. Get a good D-man maybe. Or you have great defense, sorry, but like get like another maybe. And uh, yeah. We shall see. But right now we're we're not like in a playoff spot. So it it kind of defeats the purpose. it It would be really just like disheartening and really set the franchise back if we do another like big blockbuster trade and then miss the playoffs like yeah that that would be tough like to to give up what we had to give up like ratu who we traded away Mm. was probably our number one prospect like we got lucky because we drafted him 
like 52nd overall. Yeah. So like it wasn't like he was a high draft pick for us. He just happened to pan out and uh you know, we 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 had to give him up and and also a, a first round pick and Bovillier, yeah. he he was definitely very inconsistent at times. He's like one of the best players on the ice, but then also just can be a ghost out there. So totally, yeah, he never developed into like a top six player really. Um, where Rathu definitely could have, and like in his draft, he was supposed to like he was number one, uh, like a year he was supposed to go number one, yeah, um, a year before that draft happened, and then he just fell off. So. He de- and he ended up being great in like the AHL and in the Finnish league or whatever. So he ended up you know, like he could have been top six center. And I mean, if Horvat it doesn't stay for a while, then well, it's those trades that like fuck a franchise. So I yeah, really hope, uh, Lou gets it together because that's it's just sad to sad to see. But Horvat's legitimately the real deal. So yeah, I hope so because to be honest, you know, like those Western Conference teams you know, being on the East coast, it, it's tough to watch them because they start so late. So the only times I really get to see them is when they play the Islanders. And even that sometimes it's tough to like stay up for a 10 o'clock puck drop. It, it's just totally the downside of being an adult, I guess. Oh, being yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or that's like Anders Lee, but a centerman and like tears above no offense to Anders. But uh, okay. Scores. I'm excited. Or yeah, uh, that's my scouting of uh, Bohorba. I just wish we could tell him to like sit out the All Star game. The <laughs> Islanders don't have good luck with the All Star game. That's when Rick D- DPHR oh. got hurt. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. What a shit show, man. I like the Isles though. I do. I respect that. It, you know, we 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 gave you guys one of those pieces that probably helped get the avalanche over the hump like Devontae's is a name that most people in the like who are fans of the nhl probably don't know who he is but you being an avs fan uh, you're probably like that was that was probably a the, one of the pieces that helped get us there dude he was like yeah like think about how the how that abs team came together it's actually insane like Everyone just went to the abs and suddenly became good. It was so fucked. Like, yes, I know Tapes was good for you guys before, but we got him for two seconds. Like, <laughs> insane shit. And then he's talked about as, like, a top five defenseman last year in the whole league, like, mm-hmm. league-wide. Um, mind you, you guys have uh, Pelic and, and Pulak there, so you guys are – you guys made out with them really well. But, dude, yeah, Taves, like, elite defenseman. Uh, think about, like, Val- Valerie Nachushkin. Just – immediately went to the abs and oh he's a point per game winger now um who else i don't know man the cadre cadre was pretty Kadri. solid yeah yeah he had like a 90 point year last year what the fuck and now he's back down to 60 point pace uh with calgary um there's there's more there's literally more players i can talk about um Lekkonen came to us in the the, the trade deadline it was amazing so yeah the pieces just came together for the abs and a big part of that was was tapes for sure also, so weird how well the Isles have like not developed an elite forward in I don't know if you consider Barzell elite, but um, they haven't developed an elite forward in a while. They have Sorokin and they have like the defense is under control. They got that shit in the, in the tank. Dobson is, is amazing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, Isles. Isles to the moon. I, I like the Isles, man. I like the Fisherman jerseys, especially. 
I love favorites. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Lightning too, but I, dude, like, what are you gonna talk to me about, man? Like, they've done the thing. We've already done it. Yeah, we've done it three times, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I yeah. grew up. I actually grew up a, a Panthers fan. I, I, I lived in Miami for most of my life, and uh, I remember I, I, I told the story to Mikey, but I remember you know my grandfather got tickets to to one of the playoff games against the Avalanche, and that's where I met uh, Van Beesbrook. Oh yeah, and uh, just watching that was like so disheartening, just getting fucking swept by the Abs. Oh, so ninety six. Right? Yeah, it was ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeez. But, just watching that whole thing pan Did out just as a say, child. Geez, because we're so old. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, you guys are old. <laughs> no, it was like with that abs team, like Forsberg, like crazy. Yeah. It was yeah. one of the best teams in the league. Easy, mm-hmm. like easy. Um, but yeah, I think it was eight years old when that happened. Mm-hmm. Just like shattered. <laughs> yeah. Onto the lightning after that. Yeah, and I think it was um I don't know what it was that moved me over to the Lightning, but I think it was when I when I, I went to like a few games over at Amelie. Um, we were on tour in like 2004, 2005, and I just like fell in love with the stadium and mm. and everything else. I was just like in it for the Lightning. Yeah, their jerseys back then were a lot cooler than they are right now. No offense, like I love the the Lightning pants. Yeah, but like their jerseys kind of just look like the Leafs. I wish they'd change them, man. I wish they'd change them. I, I love the black jerseys with, like, just bolts going down the, the, the like, diagonal. I love that one. Those are good. I have my uh, I have my Ole Kolzig jersey just, like, hanging up over there. Classic. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I love the I love the jersey. I really like the uh, the stadium series that they came out with when they went, when they played against the Predators last year and Gosh. actually wanted the, the Smashville jersey really bad too just because yeah. i kind of like dug it yeah yeah but, but yeah i like those i didn't mind the weird ass jerseys that came out with this year with like the actual like i don't even know what to call it like lightning storm the light yeah. yeah like the storm yeah the storm i guess but it, it like it worked somehow for me so uh, i saw a lot of people hate them but i i like them a lot I, I still haven't seen them on the ice like i don't think i've seen a game where they like had like, the sh- yeah like the, yeah. the actual pants on and the socks and like the whole uniform i guess yeah. so like i guess i'll base my judgment on that but like the jersey alone is a little much like it yeah but that, that tr- truthfully that's what these reverse retros should be mm-hmm. is like just something fun like when anaheim did the the wild wing jersey yeah. from like the mighty ducks years it's just like yeah have have a little fun with it maybe sell a few extra jerseys because the NHL needs it, man. I just saw something that came out that the viewership in the United States went down 22% this past year. Jesus. Yeah. Which that's terrible. Like when you land one of the biggest like sports enterprises with ESPN, you wouldn't expect viewership to to drop. You wouldn't expect viewership to drop. And that's a little scary because yeah, ESPN can just be like, yep, this isn't working out. We're done. And then send hockey back into the dark ages like they did in 2004, 2005. When like, ESPN was, had them. Yeah, exactly. 
going back to the the jersey talk though i don't know if you guys uh you probably haven't but tampa released uh we have gasparilla down here which is like a big pirate festival and tampa released their uh their jersey for this one oh sick love that oh yeah that absolutely love that it's that was cool but i i guess you know you you mentioned how you're not too far from belleville which has the the sends that team hasn't always been there though right if my memory is correct that is like five or six years old or is yeah, it older than that i think exactly like it's got to be in that um range yeah we had we had, used to have an ohl team the belleville bulls so like mm-hmm. jason spezza played on the bulls i think pete the suban brothers all of them played here um i don't know other players too i'm sure <laughs> uh but yeah so they vanished and then uh we brought them brought belleville a team back with the belleville sends and i don't get out to games at all the arena is sorry it's pretty fucking dog shit and ticket prices are expensive like i literally used to play ball hockey in the same arena where like house league ball hockey in the same arena where the belleville sends play so i'm just not eager to go out there and like yeah i don't know watch the game but yeah it's it's cool it's i guess belleville is definitely a, a hockey town um but like yeah i don't know everyone plays hockey here i was never i mentioned ball hockey a lot i'm not that good at skating at all um cats out of the bag <laughs> so, so you relate personally to that super american song that you get hockey stop too great yeah man yeah i'm uh definitely glad i chose music over hockey i guess <laughs> So I wonder why they have high ticket prices. Usually that's like the one thing that the AHL has going for it is it's a little affordable. Well, they're not high, but they're like 50 Canadian. So I don't know that. So that's like 30 American. I don't know. 50. Like, I don't want to go out and drop $50 to watch. Like, no, I feel like 35 is probably the max I'll pay for an AHL game. I'd yeah. rather, I'd pay more for an OHL game, like exciting kids. You know what I mean? Like uh, the prospects that are like, I don't want to see fucking 32 year old. Uh, I don't know. It's Scott Saverin on the uh, Belleville senators. Like no offense to him. Like it's over, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it's not over. Of course he's making money doing hockey, which is, which is amazing. It's just like on the grand scheme of it, like, it's not exciting where I feel like people latch on to college hockey and, you know, uh, CHL hockey and et cetera, because like, Oh, what could they become? Right. The, the mystery there. And it's just, it's less there with the AHL, I would say. Yeah. We have the ECHL here. Oh, that's, that's, that's real sad. Yeah. (laughs) Solar bears, man. Dope ass name. Solar bears. Yeah, the the solar bears are pretty sweet, but we we can't talk about them for too many seconds on the show because Justin will get another cease and desist from them. Yeah, we got a cease and desist from the the solar bears because we uh we had we 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 had hockey jerseys and we had like our own. I don't think I have one near me right now, but uh we had custom hockey jerseys that we made that we kind of played on stage every once in a while. Yeah, and they were they were like in the colors of like the old like Blackhawks Winter Classic, like the black and white. And it, it had like a tampered with logo from the Solar Bears, but we we just put our band name Orlando Pop Punk on it. Cool. And um, the label loved it, and they were like, "Oh, let's let's do this for pre-orders for the album." Mm-hmm. So uh, we were selling them, and people were like, people were buying them like crazy. Like people just loved the design, 
and uh and i got a nice cease and desist letter in the mail from the echl that i have i'm gonna frame it and sign it next to the the logo that we have badass yeah you just sell that people didn't even know that we had a hockey team in orlando and they were like oh my god what is this a hockey jersey what team is this we're like oh it's like a like a an homage to the solar bears and people would go to the solar bears because they're doing bogo tickets because they can't fill the stadium yeah man so yeah they hit us with a cease and desist so i'm just like all right whatever i'm gonna go root for the iceman (laughs) what other dog shit echl team they have yeah yeah Dude, ECHL must be rough. It's rough. Cities, honestly. Yeah, it, I I've never been to an ECHL game because I've never lived by a by any of the teams. But it, it seems like it's a uh, kind of just the grinders who are are really just trying to like even scratch the AHL, mm-hmm. and I I I just think that. Uh, it's kind of their last shot and not not the greatest hockey, but it's still hockey at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. actually, though, think about how many goalies go through the H, the, the ECHL now. There's a lot of goalies. Finishing well, I, I feel like that's the one position yeah. that actually has a pretty high success rate is mm-hmm. is goalie. Um, totally. Yeah, I would say majority of NHL goalies probably had some kind of stint in the ECHL. If yeah, I had to guess, amount. totally, yeah, for sure. So shot against uh, Garrett Sharp, who I think played for. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Toronto for a little bit. He was a goalie for the Leafs, and I think he played for the Sparks. London Knights too. Sharps, Sir Sharp, or Sparks? Yeah, sorry, Sparks. Yeah, yeah, I think Sparks played some games with the Leafs. Yeah, you're right, and he was. Yeah, he was definitely in the. Wait, because Orlando used to be the Leafs the feeder team for the Leafs, which is so fucking weird. Yeah, and then Tampa had Syracuse Crunch, and I don't know who their other one was. So now the it's Solar Bears. Like two hours from me. Why? Like it's, the travel there does not make any sense. So now you go from Orlando to Syracuse to Tampa, is kind of like the triangle of how everything goes now. Insane. Uh, Blows my mind. Yeah. Garrett Sparks for sure. That that makes sense. Yep, that's the name. I definitely played in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> that we've come we put at the conclusion so alan i guess before we let you go um just kind of quickly fill us in what's one like thing that you're most excited about going and playing europe for the first time like not necessarily the like around the shows but kind of just like getting over there and doing this whole thing with your band yeah it's um like first off, it's like an amazing opportunity. I don't think we ever could have thought it would get this far. So like, I don't know. It's just honestly surreal um, to be able to play your music in another country, obviously overseas. So first off, it's just fucking wild. Um, I'm just excited for the experience and like gonna try my best not to like make it more than it is because like I, I can get pretty nervous and anxious and, and stuff but um i don't know i'm gonna take it all in and be grateful and have fun with my friends and uh try like look at the scenery a lot because i've never been to europe before in my life on even like a vacation or, or whatnot um i've barely been on vacation uh so yeah i'm gonna 
just gonna take it all in not to be so cliche but i really am and if we have fans there like i know we definitely have a couple but it'll be probably make me cry or something like to think that like the music we've made has actually made an impact on people over yonder hell (laughs) yeah yeah man and and the nice thing is at least you know the bands that we've talked to that played europe for the most part it seems like you like hire a driver and the driver kind of just like whips you guys around right is is that kind of what you guys have lined up dude i fucking hope so like (laughs) one it's on the other side of the road so like me already not being like the most apt driver like i i do the drive i've done some difficult drives for our band like gotta give myself credit but do i like accidentally speed sometimes because i'm adhd like forget that i'm driving yep i do do that a lot and i can't (laughs) imagine doing that on the other side of the road so i hope that we get a driver so we could one chill and fucking be on vacay um i know it's actual work of course blah but uh yeah for our safety i hope we do that and yeah um sounds like if someone whips us around it sounds fucking epic so (laughs) hell yeah uh, I'm super excited for you guys that like such perfect time and like to have that announced right before you came on. Like, Oh yeah. See, that that's huge, man. Hot Mulligan's fucking taking over the world. And just, mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be an awesome tour for you. And I don't think you should sell yourself short. I, I, I do think that there's going to be a ton of people over there just singing along and, and really vibing with you guys. Cause you know, you put out a, a fantastic record in 2022 and, you know, you you guys are are on the on the rise, man. Fucking hope so, man. This is uh this is the life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Like literally, thank you so much. And yeah, um, it's cool that you like that we've got what we've got going on. Sorry, I worded that bad, but yeah. No, man, it, it, it's all good, man. We we are our fans, and I know. Tom, our other co-host, is super bummed that he had some like stomach virus that he got and oh, couldn't shit. be here tonight because he he's definitely the guy that would have been picking your brain about like every little fill that you guys added to songs and just oh, really? a bunch of nerd music questions because that's that's Tom. <laughs> but you know he he's also a huge fan and Justin, I'll, I'll leave it with you if you have any uh, final questions for Alan. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the question Tom sent us over because oh. we totally forgot to ask that one. What's up? Um, there we go. So, so Tom wanted to know the last track, how the last track on your record came together. It, was it in the studio or did you deliberately want to end the record, how it starts with that callback? Yeah, that was intentional. I, like, I knew going in we were going to do that. Um, yeah, like we had it in the demo. Nice. Uh, we had it. I'm trying to think yeah like we jammed it out in, in practice and like it sounds pretty seamless on the record but it was tough it was tough to make it work because not to be a fucking nerd shout out tom he would be, <laughs> uh but uh it goes from like four four like to to the six eight uh time signature that the record starts on which um in theory might sound a little wonky but yeah, it ended up turning out super clean and it's a lot of people's favorite trope on the record like and like people act when you do okay if you guys like next album you guys make like uh if you do that shit that is one of the things that like 
for me it like wasn't that hard to do it like yes writing music is like hard and time consuming and you know i overthink and blah 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 blah. but i knew going into like that record that i wanted it to do that in some shape Mm -hmm. or form and if you do that on a record people act like you fucking turn water into wine like (laughs) everyone like the reddit nerds they're like I need more songs that do this because a lot of our favorite bands do that. Like I, I love the hotelier, one of my favorite bands of all time. And mm-hmm. on that record, they do the same thing. The wonder years does it. Oh yeah. Probably on more than one album, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and they like mix in previous albums into, into their, it too. Yeah, into which is, it too. It's cool. I think, I think sometimes it can be a little bit like pack it up, man. But th- like uh, I do, I love the wonder years, obviously. Uh, but yeah, that's a trope where like, if you do it, it automatically for some reason makes people care about your band more like i don't know what to just i don't know what to say to say but people liked it a lot well justin you guys just did one right and yeah we, on we no did, boundaries um, on our on our last the album that we released that last year we did uh like a reprise of the entire album we did all the hooks in a completely different key and yeah. a completely different tempo but we had like all of our friends come on and each one sang like a different hook from a different song. That's so it, it ended up like the last track ended up being like six minutes at the end of it. But it was just like it, it kind of just like gradually like climaxed into like, I don't know. It was just like a whole different type of vibe. And I think like, like when it came together, finally, I was like in the studio and I was just like, this fucking worked. I can't believe this fucking worked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, Dude, when you do shit like that, it, you it's it's hard to not think you're being a bit corny, right? Because you're like, <laughs> this is legit high school musical. Like, this is one hundred percent game in music. Like, um, but I don't know, it, it works, and that's epic. Oh, the Wonder Years does like that same thing you talked about without the friends part on the Greatest Generation, right? They do like oh. every single hook. Yeah, um, and they they did it in um. It, it wasn't every single hook, but they did uh, in All My Friends Are In Bar Bands on uh, uh, The Upsides. They had literally like anyone from the pop punk era of that generation was on there. Like they had Man Overboard, Fireworks, A Loss for Words, a ton of different bands that were all singing the same line. Dude, sick as hell. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that shit that doesn't happen nowadays. Like. <laughs> There, there are a few really good up and coming like bands that are our size, um, but like I don't know, it's it's there's I feel like there's not to sound like bleak or anything, but I think there is a little bit I would say less of a community of like up and comers, a wave of new bands than there was in that time period. Yeah, right. Like, do you do you agree? I think- yeah, because I, I feel like I feel like every band that I enjoyed at that time either came from Boston, Philly long island yeah man or somewhere weird mixture of all three of them or they came from like chicago yeah you're right yeah chicago was a big one um yeah up until like 2016 i feel like there was always bands going on um mm-hmm. like new bands that like i don't know i don't know like they're, it's still lively obviously but i feel like there was definitely more of it back then yeah and that sounds weird to say but that's just how my brain works but maybe that's just like us being young and like nostalgic because like Mm -hmm. for me those bands um like 2013 was when i first started getting into like not seeing kid music like not like pierce the veil and Mm -hmm. uh, a day to remember and shit 
but I, I got really into like counterparts from yeah. Ontario, like counterparts in like 2013. So that would have been like Citizen and Turnover and the Run for Cover era bands. And then you had Knuckle Puck and Real Friends and yep. et cetera, who came from Chicago and all these like scenes. And you, Toronto had a lively scene then too. Like, yeah, uh, Seaway, you had um, like Pacific, Rarity, like Pacific, Cold Front. Cold Front, yeah. Dude, yep. I bet you they love hockey. Dude, I love Cold Front. Yeah. I miss Cold Front more than I miss most family members. (laughs) (laughs) They were a great band, dude. And yeah, like I was a kid. Bering started out. Bering, like they're they're still young, but like they started out when I was a kid. Um, Like they played Belleville a couple times and I was like 14 going to see them play and it was a big deal. Um, And like, yeah, those bands are still active and great. But I would say that like, I don't know if I'm just like being bitter, but it just feels like there is like less of a oh, community. Of yeah, definitely. Yeah. But happy to be here. <laughs> no, I appreciate you hanging, man. And, you know, wish you best of luck out over in Europe. And I'm hoping a full U.S. or at oh, least yeah. East oh, Coast yeah. tour is coming soon. Because yeah, please come see us. Yeah, I would oh, love 100%. to. Just make oh, sure you hit Charlotte and not Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, dude, do bands <laughs> go to North Carolina a lot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's usually yeah. one of those two markets. We've only played Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. We played there with Jail Socks. It was our second ever tour. Jail Socks and Home Safe. Um, Home Safe rips. Yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, shit, dude. I don't know. I, I'll have to check our dates, but uh. Fuck, I don't know if we're hitting NC. Yeah, I feel like uh, Charlotte and, and Charlotte gets all the big ones. Like, obviously, when Fallout Boy just announced their tour, like, they're coming to Charlotte. Like, okay. we have those big venues and then not so many, like, mid-tier. Not many, like, you know, 500 to 1,000 cap rooms. It's, it's either, like, small... 100 150 cap or massive mm, okay which yeah, it's can only be... an hour and a half drive for you mikey though you could you could do greenville i could i heard greenville is a cool a cool city i'll go catch the echl team the swamp rabbits <laughs> so fast name honestly <laughs> yeah it would be really cool to see you guys and uh yeah we will be playing lots of u.s shows this year nice. dude I need to, we need to fucking play canada that's what i've been working really hard on with our manager and agent like um canada shows because like we played toronto twice since we started touring the u.s and mm-hmm. like not a lot of people in ontario like i feel no we're even from ontario so <laughs> yeah that's just a little thing i'm i'm thinking about but yeah all right well crease rule if you're listening they got that was it four shows in ontario in march yeah i think they got four coming up with okay. uh with sleeve and front side front side okay they're I'll from North like, Carolina. They they oh, rip. Sick. Okay. Yeah, cool. it would change your life seeing that band. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. like even yeah. seeing them live. Like it's a three piece band. The singer sings and plays guitar, but he's playing like full on riffs. Yeah. Cool. And he's yeah. disgusting. Like it's just so cool seeing them play. Fuck yeah! I'll check them out for sure. That's that's awesome. From Bowmanville, uh, your your buddies. That's really cool. It's pretty. Cool. Yeah, I think now they're in Toronto, Sudbury, and. Muskoka, Kyle's in Muskoka, and then I think everybody else is in Sudbury. Yeah, dude, Sudbury's like kind of the sticks, so that's crazy. Yeah, cool, man. Well, God's well, 
Hell yeah, dude. Well, we'll let you go. And, you know, we, we really, truly, from the bottom of our hearts, wish you guys the best in 2023 and just hope you take over the scene, take over Europe, take over the States, and hopefully we catch you when you guys do come over here. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, please do. Come say hi. Thank you for having me, guys. This was awesome. Anytime. Hell yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Peace.